Without further ado, inshallah, if you'd like to begin the program with the recitation of the Qur'an, with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best words, the words of Allah, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلَ Whose words can be more true than the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Well, one of the students here of Dar Salaam Academy, Hafiz Farhan Sayyid, who is from New York, and he is a student in the sixth year. Inshallah, he will begin the, uh, the program with his recitation. And I want to remind everyone, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنصِتُوا When the Qur'an is being recited, then listen attentively and remain silent. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ So you can become worthy of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us listen attentively to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as will be beautifully recited by our young Hafiz inshallah and who will be an alim next year inshallah. Final, pre-final year in the alim program. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما والذين يقولون ربنا اصرف عنا عذاب جهنم إن عذابها كان غراما إنها يقتلون ولا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله إلا بالحق ولا يزنون ومن يفعل ذلك يلقى أثاما يضاعف له العذاب يوم القيامة ويخلد فيه مهانا إلا من تاب وآمن وعمل عملا صالحا فأولئك فأولئك يبدل الله سيئاتهم حسنات وكان الله غفورا رحيما ومن تاب وعمل صالحا فإنه يتوب إلى الله متابا والذين لا يشهدون الزور وإذا مروا باللو مروا كراما والذين إذا ذكروا بآيات ربهم لم يخروا عليها صما وعميانا والذين يقولون 
ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما أولئك يجزون الغرفة بما صبروا ويلقون ويلقون فيها تحية وسلاما خالدين فيها حسنت مستقرا ومقاما قل ما يعبأ بكم ربي لولا دعاؤكم فقد كذبتم فسوف يكون لزاما صدق الله العظيم الله أكبر جزاكم الله خيرا Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beautiful Qur'an He further stated Zayyunul Qur'ana bi aswatikum Beautify it with your voices So this is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala grants his chosen servants The ability to recite the Qur'an in such a manner that it moves the hearts Even Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam On one occasion He asked different sahaba of his to recite the Qur'an Yes, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu an, Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu an, there's a narration of Abu Musa Ash'ari radiyallahu an, Ubay ibn Ka'b radiyallahu an, these different sahaba were the great qurra from amongst the companions. As Rasulullah sallallahu said, Aqra'ahum Ubay ibn Ka'b. The greatest qari amongst my companions is Ubay ibn Ka'b radiyallahu ta'ala an. That is why when Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu an, the second khalifa of Islam, when he gathered the ummah and with the consensus of the Ansar and Muhajireen, uh, institutionalized 20 rakat of taraweeh in Mazandabwe. Incidentally, it was 20 rakat and it was consistent practice all the centuries till today. And who did he choose to be the Imam? Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu, the one that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had given him the certification, Aqra'ahum Ubay ibn Ka'ab, the greatest qari is Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu Likewise, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about Abu Musa Ash'ari radiallahu anhu, laqad utita mizmaram min mazamiri Ali Dawood. O oh, Abu Musa Ash'ari, you have been granted the beautiful voice like that of Dawood alayhi salam, who used to sing the ayats of Zabur. And regarding Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, Rasulullah sallallahu said, Man sha'a an yaqra'a al-Qur'an kama unzira ala Muhammad, fal yaqra'a bi qira'ati ibn ummi abd. O kama qala alayhi salatu wassalam. That whosoever wishes to recite the Qur'an just like it was revealed on Muhammad sallallahu sallam, let him recite the way Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu recites. And Rasulullah asked him to recite the Quran and he said that uh, How can I recite unto you when it wasn't been revealed unto you, O Rasulullah? Then Rasulullah said that I want to also listen from someone else. I desire just like I love to recite, I love to hear at this particular moment. I'm more desirous to listen to recitation. So he began reciting, and then when he came to the ayah, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلَكَمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَ لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونُ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا Then he came to this ayah where Allah Ta'ala is talking about the greatest honor Allah will grant to this ummah on the Day of Judgment, and the supreme honor that Allah will grant Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on that day. Then he looked up and he saw that 
Rasulullah motioned him to stop and his eyes were flowing with tears. So this is a sunnah of Rasulullah to listen to the Quran, to recite the Quran. May Allah reward us for that. Alhamdulillah, we have a very packed program today. And I have been assigned a few minutes to give an introduction to our purpose of gathering here. And then inshallah, the major, all of the events will be uh, handled by inshallah our guest speakers throughout the day. And in these few minutes, I wanted to share a few sentiments and feelings that are going through my heart and mind that in this day and age that we are living in, whether we have the opportunity to study in the time, the philosophies of the Western nations and the current philosophies of liberalism, secularism, humanism, modernism, postmodernism, or not. Maybe these terms are beyond us. To simplify matters, we are living in such a time where there is a disbelief in all that is sacred. There is no taqaddus and belief in any sacredness anything that is holy, anything that is divine. It is a belief in that which is material, that which can be observable, that can be tested in the laboratory and limited to that only. This is a worldly life we live in, we enjoy, we will never be resurrected. This is the call all around us. Whether it is from the government, whether it's from the educational system, whether it's the entertainment, whether it's the culture, it's in the air we breathe. We are soaking this up through osmosis. All our children are growing up in this in godless society. Stripped of haya and morality, stripped of any concept of divinity and holiness, any belief in the supernatural, in the super being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the metaphysical, whatever you want to term it, beyond the physical world. These are the times we are living in. As one of the philosophers initiated, he billah, we don't want to necessarily quote him, but he said, God is dead. Billah. So where is Rasul? If, if they are trying to remove the concept of Allah, then Rasul comes after Allah. And this is a reality that as parents and grandparents, the elders, you may be grandparents, those who are middle-aged may be parents. We have to come to this realization. What type of environment our children are growing up in? In your respective countries in the Middle East, in Indo-Pak subcontinent, in other Muslim-dominated lands that you came from, there was something in the very air that you breathed in, in the very culture that you lived in. 1400-year Muslim culture unbroken chain of, of Muslim culture that you were a part of, that you were a product of. And many things you inherited without realizing and attaching any significant importance to that. You heard the adhan from the nearby masajid. Whether you prayed or not, at least you heard Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah, ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah. 
You heard the name of Allah and the Rasul from your parents, your grandparents. You heard bedtime stories talking about different aspects of the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this love of Allah and this love of Rasulullah was ingrained in your heart from childhood. You do not realize with all due respect how your children and grandchildren are deprived of that. And when their behavior is different from what you would expect, you become surprised. But at the end of the day, what is their sin? That which type of environment are we allowing them to develop in and grow up in? Completely devoid of spirituality at any level whatsoever. Even though from the amal perspective, if we take a very sincere introspection of ourselves, we will know that we are surely lacking in many aspects. But one thing we find and we observe and we witness is that there is an inherent love of Allah and the love of Rasul sallallahu to a much greater extent in our first generation than there is in those children that are growing up in this country. This environment we are living in now is that live and let live. Just obey your thirst. Just do it. These are the slogans. The marketing slogans that are part of our psyche, our subconsciousness. And in fact, the questions that come to us from the youth is when they see the anger and the ghayra, sense of ghayra, it comes after muhabba, love. First there is love of Allah and Rasul, then there will be ghayra, a sense of honor and violation of that honor of love of Allah and Rasul that they see in the Muslim lands. When for example, na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah, our beloved Rasul sallallahu is mocked, or, there is, or he is, his honor is attacked, or if there are na'udhu billah cartoons made to... Um, against Rasulullah portraying him in a negative ma- manner, then our Muslim children here, they ask us that, how can you explain this rage that these Muslims have? Why are they so furious back in the Muslim countries? They cannot comprehend that. They say that, fine. You believe in him, fine. Others don't believe in him, fine. What's the big deal? This la ubali, I don't care attitude. This is the standard attitude of the West. This is not coincidental. It, there is an entire history of this. Of the Catholic Church dominating Europe and the dogma and how they were suppressing the scientists and imprisoning Galileo, etc. And how they revolted against the church and revolted against all that is related to religion. So-called age of enlightenment occurred followed by industrial revolution. And how there is a distaste of anything that has any smell of religion. And how we are all now living in the era of relativity. Everything is relative. Something, maybe someone for example, we're talking about Muhammad ibn Abdullah, maybe your Rasul, he may be not someone else's Rasul. We believe in the concept of absolute truth, absolute falsehood. There is one haqq and there is batil. There is truth and falsehood. It's absolute. That is what we might have believed before. But our children are growing up in an environment where it's actually taught that truth is not necessarily one. It's what you feel is true for you, is true for you. 
what someone else feels is true for them may be true for them. And this relativity of the truth has gone to such an extent that it is totally acceptable to deny the physiology and the biology of your body parts. And we are coming into such a time when even the gender is something, something simple as a gender identity which is now being questioned and you are okay to say that you have the anatomy of a male and you say you're a female, you're a female. You have the anatomy of a female and you claim to be a male, you are a male. If you are not allowed to enter the restroom of your choice, irrespective of how Allah has created you, you may lose public funding for your school from the government. This is the day and age we are living in. The relativity has gone so far. So these are important issues for us to be aware of. That, that level of loyalty, affinity, allegiance, unquestioned obedience, muhabba, ita'a, azmat, greatness, taqaddus, these qualities that we are supposed to have as fundamental faraid and obligations of our deen, to, of Allah, of Rasulullah are just absolutely not present anymore. Loving Rasulullah is not an additional bonus, it is not icing on the cake, it is not additional points that you will receive. It is a cardinal obligation of our deen. Rasulullah said in absolutely clear, unambiguous terms, he started with negation. And he said, لا يؤمن أحدكم None of you can be a true believer. None of you can be a true believer. There is no iman of anyone. حتى أكون أحب إليه Until I am more beloved to him. من والده وولده Then his parents, then his children. والناس أجمعين Then all of mankind. And we ourselves are insan, are human beings. We are one of the nas, one of the human beings. والناس أجمعين includes ourselves. We have to love Rasulullah more than we love ourselves. The Nabi of Allah, his right on the believers is greater than our own self-right that we have. We have the right of ourselves, of self-preservation. We have the rights of parents, rights of neighbors, rights of other people, but then we have our own Existence, it has a right upon us that we have to maintain our own self. We cannot commit suicide and say, it's my body, I can dispose of it as I want. This is an amana from Allah. But greater than the right of our own self upon ourselves is the right of Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the beloved Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was alive, and, his, and potentially if his life was in danger, and a person had to give his life to defend the life of Rasulullah Then the scholars of Tafsir say that per this ayah, the one who has any hesitation to give his life to defend the life of Rasulullah is not just not a good bu'min, not a muhsin, muttaqi, but he's out of the fold of Islam. He literally is not a Muslim. The one who has any doubt of giving his life for the Rasulullah This level of love this level of allegiance to Rasulullah is a very unimaginable, very romantic, very unrealistic type of love that is undigestible to our Muslims growing up in this society of America today. They can't even imagine it. 
one random statement of one of my ustads back in Dararum Zakaria comes to mind. He said that even the ish haqiqi, the true love of Allah, besides that, if you go to the ish majazi, the worldly love, we are in such a selfish culture today. The holy love of Allah and the Rasul, if you put that on the side for a moment, even the human love with each other, relations between husband and wife, between parents and children, between siblings, that which is found in the East, in general, that level of ishq, literally, this is not just some Romeo and Juliet um, story of Shakespeare, but reality, people are out of ishq, if they can, they're not able to get married, they're committing suicide, this type of ishq is still there. Whereas in Maghrib Mephisqh, it is instant gratification with no concern of any long-term commitment. This is the culture we are living in. From a worldly love perspective even. That love between brothers, that love between husband and wife, the love between family members, parents and children, cousins, uncles, nephews, extended family, that love itself is gone. Love of that which is supposed to be fitri, Natural love is gone. The closest possible love is the love a mother has for a child. And, and beyond that is at what age? When the child is a suckling baby. Suckling at the age when it's completely dependent on the mother for its existence. And how we can tell that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the opening ayats of Surah Al-Hajj is trying to paint a very horrific picture that if we even think about a small percentage of the horror of that day then we should have shivers going through our body how Allah is talking about the day of judgment Ya Allah or those who believe fear Allah Inna zalzalat sa'ati shay'un azim shay'un azimun verily the earthquake that will take place when the qiyamah will strike shay'un azimun is a very great thing it's not a joke Allah is saying it's a big thing Allah is so big and He's saying it's a big thing. On that day when you will see it with your eyes, then every suckling mother will throw away her suckling baby from the horror of that day. And every pregnant woman will abort her fetus. You will see people as if they are drunk. But they are not drunk. But the adab of Allah is severe indeed. So on this day when Allah wanted to explain how horrific that day is, He didn't say that brother will leave the brother, or husband will leave the wife, or parents will leave the children, or children will leave parents. He said, The suckling mother will leave her suckling baby. Because this bond between the suckling mother and the baby is the strongest possible bond between two humans at any stage of their worldly existence. But why do we have the child protection agencies in this country? People sometimes say, they don't understand, they'll say, oh, some random mistake happened, somebody left the iron on at home and the child burned himself and now this child protection people are taking, stealing the child away from the parents. Why do we even have this agency? Because of the crimes that it is inconceivable. The parents who deliver the baby they themselves are committing crimes against their own children in this day and age. Do we know that? Are we not aware? 
We have people in the medical field here who see such things. So, it's all about me, myself, and I, my shahwat. There may be other issues. The mother may be addicted to crack, cocaine, maybe under influence of drugs, maybe this and that. The incidents were if a mother is killing her children, drowning them in the water because of her lover or this or that or under other influences. So this is a time. If we are not loving our children, we're not loving our family members, we're not loving, husband is not loving spouse, wife, wife is not loving husband, parents are not loving children, then when are we going to have love of Allah and Rasul? So there is no hub to begin with. Hub itself, the true genuine love is slowly going away. It's all about me, myself, and I fulfilling my shahawat and my desires, having absolutely no care for anyone else. Nafsi, 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 which will happen on the day of Qiyamah, it's already beginning today. So in this culture environment, it is absolutely essential that we awaken to this reality and know what we are dealing with and how great the challenges are in front of us. That we have to inculcate from the beginning love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love of Rasulullah in the hearts of our young children. It is an absolute must. And if we fail in this, then we will be questionable on the day of Qiyamah. يَا لَيْتَنَا أَطَعْنَ اللَّهَ وَتَعْنَ الرَّسُولَ إِنَّا أَطَعْنَا سَادَتَنَا وَكُبَارَا أَنَا فَضَلُّونَا سَبِيلًا رَبَّنَا آتِهِمْ ضِعْفَيْنِ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ وَلَعَنْهُمْ لَعَنًا كَبِيرًا On the day of Qiyamah, they will say our parents, they misguided us, our leaders. Oh Allah, we wish we obeyed you in a Rasul. We wish we loved you in a Rasul, we were never exposed to his beautiful personality. No one told us about you. No one told us about your Habib Wasallam. And they let us go astray. Oh Allah gives them the double adab. Oh Allah send your big curse upon them. So we want to protect ourselves from that. So we have a lot of work cut out for us. We have to understand that we have no option but to love Rasulullah Now then, this brings the big question. How are you going to love someone you don't know? This reminds me again of, of the standard question. People come and say to me that, how do I answer my, my daughter? How do I answer my son when he says, Dad, how can I love someone I don't know? That is something that we have to understand that there is a hub aqli followed by hub tabi'i. There is a mental decision a person makes to love which is then followed after by natural love. You have to make that decision first. When people say this is very strange, this is a culture we're living in, how is it possible to love someone you don't know, without, you have not spent time with, you have not gone out with, you have not dated for at least two years? And you want to go all of a sudden and get married? This is in the This is something very strange indeed. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa taala Himself says in the Quran. It is very strange. When someone asks you, if your child or your daughter asks you, how can I marry this man? I don't know him. How can I marry this girl? I don't know her. You can tell them that yes. It is very strange. Don't say it's not strange. This is how I just saw the picture of your mother and I married her. That story, with all due respect, will not go too far. 
Right? So what you have to tell them is that you are so right. It is strange. It's very strange. And it's proven from the Quran it's strange. Because there are natural occurrences and then there are supernatural occurrences. Which one is a miracle? The fact that something happens naturally, my birth and your birth is not a miracle because we had a father and a mother. Isa birth is a miracle because he was born with a mother without a father. Something that's a miracle. Something that is supernatural is a mu'ajizah, a miracle. It's a sign of Allah's greatness. So when Allah Ta'ala speaks about this, He says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ A deed, a sign of the greatness of Allah. أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً the indeed a sign of the greatness of Allah is He has created the spouses. When you get nikah done with the correct intention, then Allah Ta'ala puts the muhabbah. And Allah Ta'ala puts such love that is undefinable, unexplainable. If it was natural that you spend time and you're dating for two years, then you fall in love, then that's not a sign of the greatness of Allah. But when you are a complete stranger and you get nikah with the correct intention and then you fall such madly in love, this is a great sign of the greatness of Allah. So you make this decision that this is my husband, this is my wife, and I have to live the rest of my life with this individual. And then Allah puts the muhabba in the heart. Likewise, we have to make this decision that I will love Allah's Rasul the most. More than anyone else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said very clearly in the Quran, in Surah Tawbah, قُلْ إِن كَانَ Say if your fathers, وَأَبْنَاءَكُمْ And your sons, وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ And your spouses وَعَشِيرَتَكُمْ And your family members وَأَمْوَالٌ اِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا And the money that you have gathered together and amassed وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا And the business that you are perpetually afraid You are عجيب What did he say? وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا That business of yours that you are afraid that is going to go into loss I believe it was the chairman of Intel Corporation who said that only the paranoid survive. Right. So, <laughs> you're always afraid it's going to go into loss. That's how you survive. And those beloved homes of yours, those homes of yours, that you love them. If all of the above, if they're more beloved to you than Allah and Rasul and striving in His path, then wait. Until Allah's decision of Adab comes upon you. Allah does not guide those who are Fasiqeen. One is order from Allah and one is order in this manner with an ultimatum. That if you do not love Allah's Rasul more than all of the above, then wait for the adab of Allah. So that level of love is an obligation of an iman. We have to make this decision. And we have to... After making this decision, begin to fortify ourselves with knowledge of Rasulullah's personality. Knowledge of who Rasulullah was. So that we can strengthen and further nurture this love. And this is what this seminar today is about. This is what this conference is about. This is why we have all come from far and near. To hear about the different aspects of Rasulullah 
how he was a beautiful example from every aspect, how he was Sayyid al-Awwaleen, how he was Sayyid al-Akhirin, how he was Afdal al-Mursaleen, how he was Afdal al-Khalqi ajma'in, the best of the entire creation, how he was Rahmatan lil-Alameen. And to hear from, about, from the different speakers different aspects of his life so that our hearts are filled with his love. Let us make this intention inshallah that we will listen attentively to all of the talks and we will come inspired, become inspired inshallah and take this with us and share this with our families, with our children, with our community members and continue on a daily basis to study the seerah Rasulullah It is not a one day event. It is something that we have to continue with. حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ Until death overtakes us.